are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Tuesday, day after Stan Van Gundy and David Griffin had media availability. That's going to form a lot of what we're going to talk about probably the rest of the week. There was a lot of takeaways from both of those guys. We're going to really focus on David Griffin today, kind of give you some general, uh, his general mindset going into this season, this offseason, how they wanted to kind of address things, what issues did they see, and I'll play you some of the clips from that. Then we're going to move on to Brandon Ingram a little bit, what he said, um, and about how this deal got done. How many years is it? Are there options? We got all of that clarified, and I like what he had to say. But there's also some things I don't believe, and we're going to talk about that a little bit too, and why as hyped as you might get get from these press conferences, yeah, we got to throw some cold water on certain things here. So let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked on Pelicans. So let's just jump into it. Let's hear what David Griffin had to say kind of about the team's general approach to the offseason. We wanted to to express a, a higher level of competitiveness as a group. We needed more grit and toughness and more of a defensive identity. And literally every move that we've made fits that theme. There is not a player that we brought in here that isn't about the things that we cared the most about. And everyone we're bringing in here on a human level is the types of people that we really wanted to represent us. And we want us to, we wanted to represent our fans. There was a very clear theme that David Griffin felt this team needed to add more grit more toughness, more defensive intensity and focus. And he mentioned that a lot. The team ultimately focused more on those type of intangibles than adding uh, skilled players on the court. I don't, that's not quite the right way to say it, but that was the priority for this team more so than anything else. I think they liked some of the core group of guys they have, but kind of tinkering around the edges. We'll talk more about this in the third segment because I still have big question marks about this, despite David Griffin saying that everyone they brought in is working towards that goal. And I'm assuming that also includes Stan Van Gundy and all of the assistant coaches. But that's kind of the baseline, what this team was really looking to address this offseason. All right, now let's hear what he has to say about both Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe and the decision to kind of make moves for both of them. So it's funny, actually. It's quite often you hear stories about rumors of players that were were wanted by a franchise or franchises trying to acquire players. And, and most of the time that's untrue. Um, if that was ever said about myself and Steven Adams, it's absolutely true. Um, from the time I, I had a first draft meeting with him, we had lunch together when he was a prospect in the draft. He's been a player that's been very much at the forefront of my mind in terms of representing what we want our, our work ethic to be, what we want a team ethos to really be about. Steven's is selfless a teammate and is uh, ferocious as a competitor as, as there is in the league. And we talked about it today, actually, some of the staff. Steven has a switch that he flips when he walks between the lines and he becomes a completely different person. And walks off those, walks across those lines back into living his everyday life. He's as compassionate and as com- caring a human being as 
as I've ever been with. So we've got a fascinating dynamic there um, and something that we're really excited about having in a position, frankly, of leadership with our team is he's a vocal leader. He's somebody that is a, a native teacher of the game. He's somebody that's already been spending time with Willie Hernan Gomez by, by way of example, trying to teach him some nuance that maybe Willie had never seen before. So we're excited about what Steven brings to us, both as a leader, as a playoff seasoned com competitor, um, but mostly as a human being. Uh, relative to Bled, I would say very similar things in terms of the playoff pedigree. He's been a very successful player. He's a two-way player that plays both ends with incredible zeal. Um, he's a guy who, from a competitive standpoint, represents everything that we want to be about. He's just in love with the game of basketball, and he's somebody that every general manager's in every general manager he's been with will share. They just love the guy on a human level, and so that was meaningful to us. But everything he brings in terms of work ethic and approach to the game, again, that's the theme we were trying to to bring to the table. So there's very clearly a theme here when it comes to the additions that they made, as David Griffin just said, and he talked about it in the opening clip that we played, but he definitely thinks that Steven Adams can really fit that. And he seems to think that Steven Adams can potentially be a culture changer. In terms of Eric Bledsoe, this mirrors what we heard Kane Pittman of Locked On Bucks say on that Friday edition that, that I did last week, the Black Friday edition, saying he bought into the locker room and everything going on there in Milwaukee. There were some issues potentially with him, with the Phoenix Suns, but it was at the time, especially a dysfunctional organization. And you can understand why he wouldn't want to be there if that's indeed what that tweet meant. And it doesn't seem like there's going to be any issues with that here in the locker room. It's just a dude that plays really hard that... I don't agree with the playoff pedigree, though he's gotten the team to the best record in the NBA and was a big part of that. But you can see what they're trying to add, which means they probably like all of the players that they do have under contract and on the roster going into next season. Now, let's hear what he has to say about how this team might look out there on the court next season. Yeah, I think we're, we're expecting to make our bones on the defensive side of the ball. And I think people, when they look at our team very very correctly and astutely will point out that we're not a team necessarily made for pace and space by itself. We're going to have to let our defense generate a great deal of our offense. I think we have the kind of team that because we have the sort of unselfish ball handlers we have, it was Steven Adams occupying and boxing out and the guys we have that can fly to the ball and rebound and hit ahead and start our break. I think you'll see us be a lethal transition team. But all of that's going to start from the defensive side of the ball. And, and I think Coach Van Gundy and his staff are very committed to that. And it's certainly who he's been throughout his career. Now we've given that staff players that are capable of doing it. You know, in fairness to the staff last year, we didn't have a great deal of continuity. And the injury issue that we were dealing with made it almost impossible to practice on the defensive side of the ball. So once we got to the point where we were able to do that, I, I think you saw we had some upside there. and We feel like we've added quite a bit to the roster in that regard as well. So this is a really interesting answer, and we're going to spend maybe a whole show kind of talking about this because it gives you a lot of insight onto how into how this team may play out there on the court next season. They know that the roster construction is a little wonky. You're very guard-heavy, almost no depth on the wing, and you've got some very unique guys that 
don't necessarily shoot a ton of threes or space the court and all of that uh, out there in the front court. So how are you going to create offense when you're not kind of running that in vogue style of space and pace as David Griffin says? They think they're going to do it defensively by getting stops, by rebounding, and then getting out in transition and running. But didn't they do that under Alvin Gentry, you might say? It's going to be very different this time, and that's why we're going to spend more time in the future really discussing it. So remember this quote from David Griffin here, because this is something that's going to be really important one later in the week on the show, and then for this entire team this whole season. So coming up here in a minute, we're going to hear more from David Griffin on Brandon Ingram, the contract and some of the details with it. And then what's the mindset and how are things going to look for BI going into next year? And is he the true leader of this team? Stay tuned for more here on Locked on Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Built Go. Sometimes you've just got a wall that you've got to break through. Maybe it's just playing better on the back nine during a round of golf. Maybe it's a big presentation you've got coming up. Or maybe it's just sitting through your ninth Zoom meeting of the day and you're just kind of exhausted from sitting down all day. It's a very real thing. Whether it's a mental or a physical wall, break through it with Built Go. Go, the best energy gel out there on the market. It comes in easy to take one and a half ounce packages. You can throw it in your briefcase, in your golf bag, or just put it in your back pocket to kind of get through the day. And Built Go is the best workout gel on the market to ignite and to start your workout and give you everything you need. It's like five hour energy without the same crash feeling. And it's like drinking a monster energy drink. But with just a third of the caffeine and better results, just that, no, no big deal, right? It comes in three delicious flavors, peanut butter, honey, chocolate, coconut, and chocolate mint. And Built Go combines energy gel with collagen protein. And that collagen protein is fast absorbing, so it's going to get into your system quicker. Built Go then keeps you going all day long with B6, B12, and a whole bunch of other good stuff. You got to check it out. So visit BuiltGo.com and use promo code LOCKED, and you're going to get 20% off your next order. That's promo code LOCKED for 20% off at BuiltGo.com. So in tomorrow's edition of Lockdown Pelicans, we're going to hear more from Stan Van Gundy. What did he say uh, in his media availability, which came after Griffin's talking about the team and what can it say to what this team's going to look like next year about the rotation and who are the key guys going forward? And then later in the week, we're going to talk more about that quote that David Griffin said about what the team's going to look like out there on the court as well and combine it with everything Stan Van Gundy said. We're going to spend a lot of time on Lonzo Ball because he was a big topic of discussion at this media availability as well. So make sure you listen throughout the week because we've got a lot of really good stuff coming to you here on Locked On Pelicans. Okay, so Brandon Ingram time. This is the the man on the Pelicans team, right? This is the guy, but he hasn't necessarily stepped up and into that role yet still and deservedly so and was always going to happen. The Pelicans signed him to a max deal this offseason. Five years, we had a question of whether there was a player option or not. Any other specifics with it? Well, David Griffin clarified some of that and let's hear what he has to say. Brandon Ingram does not have a player option in his contract, and he didn't care about that. He wanted to commit himself to this organization for five years, and we committed ourselves to him by giving him the trade bonus should he be traded because it's a sign of our commitment to him that we didn't sign him to use him as as anything other than a leader of our franchise, and he didn't sign to be anything other than that leader. And so we're a family here, and it's it's what we wanted to be, and I think Brandon understood that very clearly. So I would tell you that, what I see him doing in large measure is leading this group. So this is a little bit intriguing. No player option for Brandon Ingram, whether he didn't want one or not, who really knows if you're a player, you want one versus not having one. Maybe you just didn't have the leverage to do it, whatever. Wouldn't read too much into all that. But the key thing here is no player option. Brandon Ingram is committing to new Orleans through this contract for five years. That 
at least adds one year of stability to him before anything potentially could happen. Not that it will, not that it won't either. The trade kicker is, is kind of pointless. Like, of course, most most contracts have that sort of thing in there. I'm not really worried about that. I don't think that necessarily means you are committing to another player by having that sort of thing in there. But look, it's not a bad thing for Brandon Ingram. So overall, this is a good deal. And the fact that he wanted to commit... I think it's great. And then David Griffin goes on to say, like, you know, he's here to lead this group. Well, what kind of took him to that level? And David Griffin shared some insight into that as well. Well, when we left the bubble, Brandon shared very plainly with Trajan and I, he he doesn't intend to playoffs again in his career. And he was taking a position of leadership in this franchise. And that was very, very powerful for us in the form of a young player who represents all the things he does off the court. This is a guy who very quietly has been very compassionate, very involved in his community, giving to frontline workers in his hometown of Kinston, doing things here in New Orleans to feed the hungry. He's somebody that really represents the things that we care about. And his on-the-court talent is, is very clear and very evident. And he's just scratching the surface of who he can be. And I think the thing that might be most exciting from a basketball perspective is Brandon knows he's got a lot of room in, uh, for improvement on the defensive side of the ball. And he really wanted to be pushed on that side of the ball. So I think the synergies that could exist between Brandon, the players that we've mentioned already in Bled and Steven as leaders for our group are, are significant. But I also think the coachability of those three as our leaders really lend themselves to Coach Van Gundy and his staff making the kind of impact they want to as well. So there you go. This is Brandon Ingram's team, and it sounds like he wants to take a vocal leadership role and really be the guy, something that he wasn't last season, something that Drew Holiday to some degree filled, but not quite in the way that you would have wanted, and something that New Orleans has probably been missing since Chris Paul has been here, maybe even David uh, or David West, but more Chris Paul. And so hearing this all about Brandon Ingram, the commitment on the five-year deal, wanting to step up and be a leader of this franchise on the court— Oh, hell yeah, sign me up. I'm very, very excited for that sort of thing. But also, it it kind of comes down to something you're going to hear about Lonzo Ball tomorrow when we talk about this and later in the week, too. It's great to say all the things they should do and all the things they need to be doing and where they can step up and where it's obvious that they want to improve. But if you don't do it, it doesn't matter. And that's where I want to get into the next segment on things, too, because I'm skeptical about some of the things that I've heard here. But it's going to start with Brandon Ingram, and I'll explain why coming up. So before we get into some of the things I'm a little bit skeptical about, and it ties into the culture stuff we spoke about last week, if you want to get basketball smart, it starts with listening to the Hollinger and Duncan podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network exclusively. And being an analytics pioneer and former front office executive with the Grizzlies, John Hollinger joins Dunked On podcast host Nate Duncan to bring you scouting reports, game breakdowns, and salary cap analysis. Subscribe to Hollinger and Duncan today wherever you get your podcasts. So wrapping up today's show, we're getting into the part where some of, you know, the media availability is great. David Griffin is very good at winning press conferences we've seen, but I'm a little bit skeptical on some of the things he said, or at least I'm going to have, you know, before I go, oh, hell yeah, I'm ready to run through a brick wall, which everyone says, I'm going to need to see it a little bit more. And that goes to some of the things he said about how this, you know, going into the offseason, they identified they needed to focus more on defense and they needed to get a little bit tougher, have more grit on the team, because that was very clearly lacking in the bubble. You haven't changed your roster that much. You added Kyra Lewis. That's okay, fine, but he's a rookie. He's not going to impact things very much. The big additions really were Eric Bledsoe 
alongside Steven Adams. And to some degree, you can probably say Wenyan Gabriel. That's great. But those are rotation players. You maybe have two starters in there, but it's none of the kind of that big roster shakeup that you probably need for something like that. The majority of the people on this team were on that team last year that you're saying lacked that grit, that toughness. Does Steven Adams fix that himself? maybe, and I'll be thrilled if he does, but it feels like that is a larger issue, right? You had Derek Favors. Is Derek Favors not tough? Is this someone admitting that they swung and missed on Derek Favors and why, you know, they think they're upgrading with a guy like Steven Adams? It could be without directly saying that sort of thing, but the majority of the roster is the same. Lonzo Ball is still there. Brandon Ingram said all those things that David Griffin just spoke about coming to him after the playoffs and being like, I want to be a leader on the team. Why weren't you a leader on the team last season? You know, that's a big question I have. Where was that? Now, a lot of people who are listening to this are going to blame it on Alvin Gentry and the coaching staff, but stop it. They're not not coaching them. Like, come on. That is not a thing that happened here. Now, maybe Stan Van Gundy, maybe you just need a new voice. You know, coaches do have a shelf life. It's rare you get a Popovich situation or a Spolster situation unless you're winning title after title after title or have that sort of track record. The voice just becomes stale after a certain period of time, even for the most successful coaches. And maybe that is what they needed, just a new voice since Stan Van Gundy and the rest of the coaching staff. But that certainly means that Stan Van Gundy and those assistant coaches are going to have to really earn their paycheck to get this team to buy in and do some of the things that they need to do. And you'll hear that because Stan Van Gundy laid it out very clearly in four steps. His four-point plan, not for going carbon neutral, but for or fixing the company, Dunder Mifflin, but to improve this team defensively in what they coach. And I'll play that for you in tomorrow's show. But it's going to take a lot of work. You know, the attitudes going in and saying all these things is great, but some of them seem kind of obvious. And why wasn't that already done? And that's a big question to me. So is this something that's maybe more endemic to this entire roster and to the majority of people on here? Yes, you can add some players on here, but this is going to start with Brandon Ingram and it's going to start with Zion Williamson more than it's going to start with Steven Adams. If Ingram doesn't buy in, if Zion doesn't change things, it, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't. You all know this. I said this last week. Derek Favors a culture guy. The culture didn't change, right? We had all said that about him. Oh, look at him coming from that system in Utah. And it failed for a variety of reasons. Maybe you didn't get the buy-in from him that you could have. And so then it kind of doesn't make him the best culture guy. But maybe those guys around the fringes... You know, fifth starters, four starters don't matter to that degree for that sort of thing. And it needs to be B.I. and Zion. And look, and Lonzo, too. And they're saying all the right things. We just heard it from David Griffin. So we'll give them the benefit of the doubt and hope they can do it. But if they can't, all that other stuff isn't going to matter. And that's why I'm a little bit skeptical about some of the stuff that I heard at Media Day um, with David Griffin yesterday. Now. I hope I'm going to be wrong on it. Look, I'm going to give them the opportunity to show it. and Maybe they come out and they do. And I think that's a great thing. And then this team will be successful because the roster, I do think, has some talent. And I'm looking forward to breaking down how they're going to play for you all in the over the rest of the week and playing you more clips. As we're going to have a lot of media availability. So you'll be hearing more shows like this throughout the week. So make sure you're subscribed to Locked On Pelicans wherever you get your podcast from. And that's going to do it for this edition of Locked On Pelicans. Thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison at Nola. Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow to break down what Stan Van Gundy said.